Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking about the top five reasons you're not building muscle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 110 of the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are talking about the top five reasons you are not building muscle. And this is a topic that I definitely can tell you a lot about from my personal experience building muscle and what it took to get there. And Nicole, from Mm -hmm. a standpoint of female standpoint, building muscle, Mm -hmm. we can talk about that. And also with your experience with many clients even males mm-hmm. building muscle and kind of knowing what it takes to go through that and do that. And I, I think oftentimes we, I hear this a lot in the gym. Like I just can't put on weight. I'm a hard gainer. Mm-hmm. Right. And some, for some people, it is true that it might be more difficult genetically speaking, right? There are androgen receptors that come into play. Some people respond better to testosterone levels. Some people have higher testosterone than others. Uh, Some people respond better to the stimulus of exercise and some people need to eat more than others in order to gain weight or build lean mass. So Mm -hmm. this episode is for you. If you are struggling to put on muscle, we're going to tell you the top five things that you may not be doing or you may be doing, but you just need to refine. Number one, first and foremost, uh, the, there's the first two kind of go together, but I'm going to break them up into pieces. And the reason why I'm going to do that is because when I started early on in my bodybuilding, the first thing that I focused on was my protein intake. Mm-hmm. And if you're not building muscle, number one is going to be you're not eating adequate protein. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about this. I mean, I feel like we keep beating a dead horse because <laughs> it's always a topic for so much, but it's, and I will keep saying this throughout this whole episode, eating enough protein consistently is what I would say, because I do think people eat protein, then it's eat enough protein, then it's eat enough protein consistently. So I think you could break that up into three tiers. Like you have people that don't eat enough protein at all. That's step one. Then you have people that probably need to consume a little bit more even once they start eating enough. And then you have the third tier, which would be that you're eating it consistently, which I do find to be the hardest piece. So for this topic in terms of building muscle, one is that you're getting protein in, two is that you're getting enough, and then three is that you're eating it consistently. And I say consistently like daily, no excuses. You need to practice practice it like it's a religion. Now, what I'll say is this. First and foremost, you have to find the target of how well, how much protein is considered enough. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be anywhere from the range of 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. So 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight would be a gram per pound of body weight. And Mm -hmm. that is has always been a good rule of thumb. Technically speaking, you can probably get away with a little bit less if we're talking calorie surplus. Um, because mm. you have other factors in play there, right? You have carbohydrates, which are anti-catabolic. You have at an adequate caloric load, which mm-hmm. is factoring into 
okay, well, muscle protein breakdown is going to be lower because you have adequate calories. So can you technically have a slightly lower threshold? Yes. So we can put that in the range of 1.6 to 2.0. You don't need to necessarily go up to 2.2. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people that might be overkill. For some people, they might need a little bit more, right? And we have yeah. to realize and understand something that when we're looking at a body of research, essentially what we're saying when we say 1.6 to 2.0 is enough to adequately adequately stimulate muscle protein synthesis, and you don't necessarily need to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is in general, on average, statistically speaking, most people yeah. will be fine in this range, but there may be some outliers where you might need to consume more. Mm-hmm. All studies always have outliers. They have people on both ends of the spectrum. And then we say, okay, well, like what's the mean? What's the average in, in terms of how much protein people need to take in? So just keep in mind that there's going to be a protein range and some for some people, little bit less might be the perfect mark for them. And then for other people might be more optimal or more beneficial to be in that 2.2. And if you want to play it safe, just eat a gram per pound. Yeah. Now, what I'll say is this, and this is something that I oftentimes don't see people do is adjust their protein intake as they build muscle so that they can continue to build more muscle. Because Mm -hmm. the more muscle you have, the more protein it's going to take to maintain that. And if you don't eat more protein as you're building more muscle, you're not going to continue to grow. You're constantly. So this this is the, the interesting piece is that when people tell me, well, Daron, I'm trying to build muscle, like how much protein do I need to eat? And then I tell them how much and I calculate it for them. And let's say I have like a 160 pound individual and I'm like, you need to like eat 160 pounds or eat like 140 160 to 100, grams. Uh, 160 grams, right? <laughs> or eat a, or eat up. Yeah, don't eat 160 pounds of anything. <laughs> That's a lot. Or have, you know, 140 to 160. I'll give them a range, right? Yeah. Maybe 130 to 160. They'll be like, man, that's a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, you're also going to have to eat more as you build muscle. So just mentally prepare yourself for you're going to have more down the road. If you're 170, you're going to eat more. If you're 180, you're going to eat more and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on, you know, how far you want to take it, that's going to dictate ultimately how much protein you're going to want to have. Essentially, when it comes to protein, it's the whole concept of you are what you eat. If you want to build muscle, you need to eat, you need to eat meat, you need to eat muscle, right? You eat muscle that breaks down into the amino acids that you need and so on and so forth. Now, I'm also going to put a little bit more information into this protein thing. And I want to talk about quality of protein because that's important too. Mm -hmm. So what the research shows in terms of quality of protein is that leucine protein sources of protein that are high in leucine are going to have the highest anabolic stimulus. That's where we look at the difference between vegan and vegetarian sources or vegan sources of protein versus uh, plant animal based, so plant based versus animal based. I guess we'll I'll kind of look at it like that. Is the amino acid composition is going to be different? And if you are somebody who's vegan and vegetarian, you're going to need to eat a slightly higher amount of protein to get the mm-hmm. same benefit that you would yeah. the same amount of protein uh, in in meat. So just keep that in mind that the plant based sources, although you can build muscle, it's not going to be as optimal as consuming animal based uh, sources of protein. And if you are vegan or vegetarian. Uh, you may want to take a look at, you know, the quantity of protein that you're having. Although interestingly, there was a recent study that showed supplementation with soy protein Mm -hmm. uh, and and the same gram for gram was adequate enough. And it's probably because soy protein is a complete protein and does have 
you know, a decent amount of branch chain amino acids in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're supplementing with, if, if you're doing a, a, a vegan approach, you're going to want to supplement potentially with a soy protein rather than doing like a rice and pea based protein where the amino acid composition may be uh, not as optimal. Yeah. Number two, and this is going to tie in here is uh, adequate calories. You're not consuming adequate calories. And I see this often is that people just aren't eating enough. And in order to build muscle, right, we always just look at energy balance. If you want to lose weight, you have to consume less calories than you expend. If you want to maintain your weight, you have to consume the same amount of calories that you expend. And if you want to gain weight, then you have to consume more calories than you're expending. Oftentimes, I think the issue with this, Nicole, is that people's perception of what a good amount of calories is. Mm. And I see this on both ends, right? And I have these conversations with clients all the time, even fat loss clients where I say, okay, well, I, I, a female, for example, that's let's say 150 pounds. And I say, I need to get you to eat over 2000 calories with the way that you're training. And they're like, oh my God, that's a lot. And I'm like, you're eating 1800 calories and you think that's a lot. Yeah. Right. And I think our perception and Nicole, I don't know if this is kind of like a society kind of screwed up the perception of calories for females or for, just ev- in general? For, for everybody. Like I look yeah. at it from a, from like a fat loss standpoint and I'm like, society made people think that you need to eat 12, 1200 calories 1200 a day. is the number. Yeah. Because right? I think that's yes. I, of course. Have they messed? Yes. They messed it up, but that's also because the fad, the quick fixes, like if you want to drop weight fix, just just fix it to 1200 calories and it'll just come right off. And instead of thinking of it from I mean, this I could go on and on about this, but it's because building muscle and being skinny are two different goals. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I have clients, female clients want to fit into. I just did a whole post on this on Instagram. Females want to sit, fit into a size four clothing like they go based off a size and a a total body weight but they want to build muscle and look physically strong and lean and sometimes those two mental thoughts do not match together you know like if you it's uh, conflicting goals it's completely conflicting completely so i'll say to someone will say to me this is what i want to look like in like an old picture of them when i was you know, five years ago, I was this size. And I'll say, show me a picture of what you look like five years ago at that size. And they'll show me a picture. And they're a size four, very thin, no shoulders, no definition in their arms, no back, you know, uh, just skinny. And I say, okay, you understand that the difference between that and what you want to look like in terms of being stronger is going to give you more definition in your shoulders, some definition in lean, you know, cuts to your arms and to your back that may mean that you your size may change your weight may change but your body fat will go down like this body recomp type thought so i feel like when you talk about calories the 1200 calories is that skinny female body versus the fit chick female body and they're trying to fit the skinny calories to the fit chick body and thinking that's gonna okay and that's my point is that the fit chick is eating. Yeah. And the right? fit chick and has the fit muscle. Chick, <laughs> the fit chick can diet at like 22 or 2300 calories and right. be in a deficit. And I think that's where the perception is skewed. So yeah. for females trying to build muscle, your perception of calories 
is skewed and your perception of what you need to do in order to get there, you cannot build muscle in a calorie deficit, period, the end, right? Mic drop. You can't do it. That's it. Now, you can recomp if you're new to exercise. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was what you were going to say. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. You can recomp uh, if you're by eating adequate protein and putting yourself in a small deficit. Mm hmm. And your body will just go through these adaptations because it's never had that type of a stimulus before. Right. But you will get to a point where you have to choose your goals. Yes. And you also have to accept the fact that with muscle, when you're choosing your goals, when you're not new anymore, and I'll say like six months and beyond, right? That's kind of yeah. like what, if you look at a lot of the science, what it, how it differentiates a trained individual from a not from a sedentary individual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's it's six months of training, right? So if you've been working out for six months, then they'll consider and they'll say, okay, well, this is a trained individual. And we either, either we're doing studies on trained individuals or we're doing them on, you know, non-trained and then that's below that. Right. So if you're a trained individual, you have to accept the fact that you may, and you probably will put on a little bit of body fat, yeah. When you're going into a calorie surplus. Now, let's say you've just done a cut phase mm-hmm. and you're a female at 20% body fat. Mm-hmm. You've got some wiggle room there. Yeah. But on two or 3% body fat, you're still in a good, healthy range. You're exactly. still going to look good, right? Like we're not talking here. You're going to blow up and do a dirty bulk, right? Yeah. We're just talking. You really have to you're well, going to have to done put- correctly. I think the pa- that's another thing that in the past has happened is women are eating twelve hundred calories. They do a dirty ball. They eat. They go, oh, I can eat whatever I want. They build some muscle and some fat and then it takes time to get it off like it. There's a way to do it that's done correctly in a way that isn't. I did my bikini shows. Women have asked me since we've been doing a podcast and we've been talking about our you know history and, and our in our you know growth in the industry. I had a year and a half of eating up before I dieted down for the 16 weeks that I did my first show. So, so it took me a year and a half to bring my calories up. And then I did my show because people ask me all this all the time. I was at 1850. That was, I had 1850 calories for 16 weeks of my show. That's what I dieted down to, but I had to build up past 2000 in order to build. Was, well, so here's the thing. And I, I kind of want to highlight that. So how long was the diet down? For the my cut. For the cut. Sixteen How long weeks. Was it? Sixteen weeks, right? So yeah. in comparison, and the reason a being year and a half up is because it takes a lot longer to build mm-hmm. muscle than it does lose body fat. So right in in putting that into context, it's a lot easier to it's okay. Well, if you put on a little bit of body fat, guess what? You could take it off in twelve to sixteen weeks. Yeah, right? if you do it correctly, and but you also have to keep in mind. I mean, and just for people listening, I was severely underweight going into. I couldn't compete as skinny as I was. This is why this is such an important piece. I was a dancer. I was really, really, really thin. Like we're talking like 98 pounds, obscenely thin. I got up to, I think, 120 pounds, 125 in the year and a half that I ate up. And then I dieted down to like 114 for show. So I didn't even like lose a lot of weight for show, but I had a lot more muscle. You know, I started... I started bodybuilding at 125. <laughs> I did. I was 125 pounds. And yeah. people people like they don't believe me now when I say that. I know. But I'm like, I was not. And you know, what's funny is like, I don't see myself. I guess I still I think of myself because mm-hmm. I'm still small. 
I still act like a small person. Like I just yeah. run See, around. It's that mindset over. piece. But the, to go back to the 1200 calories versus the higher calories, I also was like a very small size. When I did show, when I stood on stage, I went from an extra, extra small to a, a medium large and from a, like a size two in my pants to like maybe a size six in pants. Like, I don't think. Was it just females- because you're. Was that because your butt got bigger? Because your waist my butt got bigger, bigger, my quads got bigger. You know, I mean, I was a dancer; I was skinny, and so I kind of compare my dancer years being just very thin. And don't get me wrong; that was beautiful in that industry. I was supposed to look that way, so I'm not knocking it by any means. But in order for me to compete, I had to kind of come up into a different level of fitness, and I'm healthier now than I've ever been. And I'm probably another 10 pounds heavier than when I competed at like, I'm like 137 right now. So you you have to keep in mind that the body composition is what's the most important piece, especially when you're trying to build muscle. We're not trying to just get all the fat off. You have to have something to build in order to take the fat off and actually see this definition or quote unquote, um, lean muscular body that so many people are striving for. So when you talk about eating an amount of calories, that's going to help you build. You have to have something to show if you don't, when you do a 16 week cut, if you don't have any muscle underneath that, you're just getting skinnier. And you're still not, you're not going to be happy with that because that's yeah. not the result that you're looking not for. Not the look you want. Yeah. The other thing that I'll say, and this is kind of the far end, the other end of the spectrum is mm-hmm. eating, eating too many calories and eating yes. too many crappy calories. Right. And I have done this before and I learned the hard way because when you're eating too many crappy calories, too many like sugary uh, carbohydrates, you're storing too much body fat as you're on your way up and you're bulking up like this is yeah. I guess this is more for the men who yeah. are listening to this is that you're building and you're doing the dirty like to me in my eyes the dirty bulk is no longer existent. it doesn't exist you can you can snack on some things here and there but if you're constantly overeating calories you end up putting on too much body fat and with that body fat will come insulin resistance you know it's interesting with insulin resistance people that don't had that haven't really looked at the literature they think that it's a it's an issue with eating carbohydrates Yes. But generally, it's it's actually not what we find. And this is interesting because I had this conversation with a professor and it was about which comes first, right? Because obesity and, and insulin resistance are, are linked mm-hmm. together. So which comes first, the obesity or the insulin resistance? Like, does the insulin mm-hmm. resistance cause. Really cause the obesity? And it makes sense to think like that because if your insulin receptors don't work, mm-hmm. right? That, that was the original theory was insulin receptors downregulate. Mm-hmm. And so if your insulin receptors don't work, then they, you can't get it into the muscle, then you have no choice but to convert it into fat and store it. That's like the, the, what the thought was. But what's actually happening is you're ending up with more triglycerides. And yeah. what they find is people with like upper body obesity, like abdominal obesity. Yeah. Um, what they find with those individuals is that you end up with higher amounts of circulating triglycerides. And those triglycerides you end up with something called diacylglycerol, which is part of that fatty acid inside of the cell, mm-hmm. which then disrupts the whole process of, oh, wow. of how insu- the insulin receptors work. So the insulin receptors are still working, but essentially what's happening is the think of insulin as like the key when it goes mm-hmm. into that receptor. What happens is you have something called GLUT4 and it's a GLUT4 transporter that's supposed to rise up to the, the surface of the cell. 
And that whole process that's happening inside of the cell is actually being disrupted. So if you're over fat, right, if you're putting yeah. on too much body fat, you end up being insulin resistance. And I guess just the point that I'm trying to make with that is I did that when I dirty bulked. Right. And when I don't you want eat too much too want, fast. You eat. I was at the 7000 calories a day. It wasn't even necessary. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I think I, th I think this I want to say this. One of the issues when you watch the big guys, right, mm -hmm. when you watch the IFBB pro bodybuilders mm -hmm. and you see how many calories they eat, when you see somebody like Juan Morel mm -hmm. eating 20,000 calories on a cheat day and putting it on YouTube and that going viral, yeah. you have to understand that at that level, the PEDs that they're putting into their body yeah. is what yeah. is allowing them to eat that. So if you Be take do that. And this is what I think where the problem is, where you have IFBB pro bodybuilders making recommendations on their Instagrams or on YouTube or, or saying like, hey, this is what I do to build muscle. But that's a whole nother ballgame, right? Because you're not doing the stuff that they're doing. All right. So, Nicole, let's get into number three. Number three is you're just not working hard enough. By working hard enough, I mean, you're either you're not pushing to failure or close to failure. If you're just going through the motions you're not working hard enough. And if you're not lifting heavy enough weight, right? So there's kind of a thing with resistance training and building muscle where you don't necessarily need to lift super heavy weight like this much we know, mm -hmm. but you also can't be on the other side of the spectrum where you're not lifting enough weight. Yeah. And mm -hmm. what I'll say about working hard enough in the gym is you really need to be pushing yourself to a point where you have maybe two or three reps left in the tank. Mm -hmm. or you have no reps in the tank. Although I will say, I don't think people should have no reps in the tank on every single set, uh, every single day. Like you kind of choose, choose your battles on that one. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think consistency is a piece of that too. So yes, you have to work hard when you go into the gym, but you also don't want to work too hard that you can't continue to work out throughout the week and get your rest of your workouts in, but you want to work hard enough that the workout is challenging. Like, there's a balance. Goldilocks, as you would say. Yes, absolutely. And then that would get into, I guess, the next one is you're not recovering. So that yep. that kind of ties into that if you're pushing too hard. I mean, listen, if you're in the gym for like a couple of hours a day, six, I've seen people like, I, I can't not work out like six or seven days a week. Like you grow when you recover. Yep. You grow when you're sleeping. You grow when you're resting. I value rest a lot more than I do. I think it's important. I don't want to downplay the workouts, mm -hmm. but I value rest so much. And it's all about getting adequate sleep. Not recovering also ties into if you're not eating adequate calories, mm -hmm. right? You can be, I always say you, you can overtrain from two standpoints. You can either overtrain from working out too much and too hard, or you can overtrain because you're underfed for mm -hmm. the amount of effort that you're putting in. So it yeah. can go kind of twofold there. If you're not focused on your recovery, if you're on an off season working out seven days a week trying to build muscle, take at least one day off. Yeah. And if, if that's hard for you, maybe do some active recovery. Mm -hmm. But you have to be resting and you have to be recovering. Yeah. They all tie into each other. Obviously, that's why these five reasons are so important. But it's all about finding the sweet spot for you as the individual. And the last one I'll say is consistency. And this is something that I see often. And it's not just consistency with your workouts. It, it also is like you can't work out for a week and then not work out the next week and then work out for another week, you know, and take sporadically take these weeks off yeah. and expect to get results. And at the same time, this also ties back into 
the protein and the calories that we talked about because you need to, like Nicole said, consistently eat protein on a regular basis, each and every meal, each and every day. And you need to consistently get enough calories. And you need to pretty much do that for the next five years. It's all of them. Consistently lift, consistently rest, consistently eat, consistently get your protein. And I think this is where progression then comes in. Because if you try and do all of those out the gate all at once, then people only do it for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And then they fall off the wagon because it's a lot to try and consistently do at the same time until you get good at it and practice and it becomes part of your lifestyle. So start with getting protein in, start with getting workouts in, start with taking a rest day, and then you can build on and layer in what the consistency piece is for you. Is consistency three days a week and you never miss the three days for an entire year? That to me is a consistent lift program. Can you get protein in, hit it every day, knock it out of the park for a year, get as close to your calories as you can consistently for a year. That to me is going to get you further than if you do it here and there. And I'll say this in terms of consistency of workouts, because oftentimes we get, oh, well, like, oh, I just didn't have time. So I didn't do the workout. I would rather you go in and do a 15 minute workout to just to get in the habit of being consistent. Yes. And I think this is what people don't realize is that when you give yourself that opportunity to, it's like that conversation that we had with Sama. Yeah. Well, what's my plan B? I can't do plan A right now. You need to fall back on something. I had a conversation with somebody this week saying, well, listen, if you can't make it to the gym to do one of my workouts, go on the Peloton for 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I just want you to move. Yeah. And you get in the habit of consistently moving. And then that drives your want to not settle on not going to the gym. And then you end up figuring out a way because you feel what it feels like to work out consistently and it feels really good. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I can do better. I can definitely do better because the reality is those people that are telling me that they can't, they couldn't make it to the gym because they got busy. To me, it's, they're just not prioritizing it. Yeah. And let me tell you this, people forget how many workouts they do in a month, because one of the things I love about our, our app at for eat right nutrition is that there's a, an actual consistency tracker on our end for coaches. So when someone says I hit all my workouts, I did everything. I'm so proud of myself. And then I go on the back end and I look at how many were actually tracked, recorded and put in the app. And some of them, if they, they just didn't record it, that's true. Okay, fair. But uh, you'd be surprised. I'll say, okay, how many workouts do you think you hit like number wise? And they're always at least three or four off. So three or four workouts in a month is a lot. If you're not consistently that's hitting once them. a week, you're missing yeah, a, week, yeah, a workout yeah. a week. Especially if you only have two or three workouts, if you're missing one a week, that's a big deal. If you're working out five, six days a week and you miss that, that's maybe a little bit different, but very few of my clients. Right. Well, then you're many. talking like if you're working out five days a week, you're looking at 20 workouts and you miss one or two yeah, or three, no big right? Deal. Like, yeah, you can, you're okay there. Yeah. Um, but it, it also goes back to how, you know, when we talk about speed of, of achieving a goal, like if you really want it to happen as much as you t keep telling yourself that you want it to happen, maybe not missing as many workouts would be the first place to start. Side note, speaking of apps, did you hear the news with MyFitnessPal? What? They are apparently... The premium? They're apparently charging to use the barcode now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so whatever. you have to upgrade. Yeah, it's 20 bucks to use the, the barcode scanner. Listen, I'm going to be really honest with you. None of that shit bothers me. 
because none of my clients even use the barcode scanner, to be honest. So I, that doesn't really affect me. I, I don't think anyone's barcoding every single thing that they eat, because if you're cooking food, you aren't using a barcode anyway. Well, like, if you're eating mostly whole foods, you're not. You're really not. So who cares? Although like, I will. So I will say, to be honest, and this is the thing with my fitness pal where people assume like, oh, well, if entries aren't accurate, if I scan a barcode, then that means that that's going to be accurate. And they don't realize no. that somebody at some point was yeah. the first person to scan that barcode yeah, and then entered in the info for that barcode and may have done it incorrectly because I've seen a lot of barcode stuff wrong with my fitness pal. Yeah, my whole thing with that type of stuff, trackers or whatever, I, and I say this about in bodies. I mean, I've been saying this for 10 years now. Nothing is 100% accurate. It's not supposed to be. We're not looking for 100% accuracy. We're looking for ballpark. Get an idea, figure out where you are, shave uh, down, up. But we that's how we make changes. Well, that stuff doesn't bother me. I don't think like, it's I, I mean, listen, I can make your argument that you're making with foods and I can say, the foods that we eat were placed in a bomb colorimeter, right? Like mm -hmm. 50 years ago. And we haven't checked them since. So who knows? <laughs> right. Like the chicken that you're eating was yeah. grown differently, has slightly different macros, right? So yeah. see, come who everything cares? is slightly off. And this is that's where consistency comes in. Because if you're consistent well, with what you're doing and you're consistent with the changes that you make, then you're going point. to be heading in the right direction, regardless of what the numbers Stop. are focusing on all those little petty things to me that stuff because i've been seeing that all over instagram the upgrade for the pay for the barcode i've seen other apps putting down fitness pal because of it and i've seen you know people talking about using weight watchers points instead of it that's why it's because it's inaccurate like to me jibber jabber like get over it forget about all that stuff forget the app write it down weigh and measure if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty we can take it down a whole notch and figure it out a different way but the point is you still have to know what you're putting in your mouth. Like if it's chicken and it's four ounces, give or take whatever, 28 grams, 30 grams, whatever. The point is you have to know what you're putting in your face. Like I think all that stuff is such a waste of argument. I mean, I get people get upset spending the money on it. Okay, fine. But I'm willing to pay for something that I feel like might help me get my health and wellness goals. Yeah, because you know, you're going to pay for it if you don't get your health and wellness goals because you're going to get unhealthy. So as far as I'm concerned, I'll say this, the premium either way, I do like the offering of the premium that they you can do grams. You can change things by grams instead of percentages. Yeah, there's other positives. The so, recipes in there, too, are also phenomenal. Like, I, I can't tell you this is the stuff about these types of things that get me really fired up for all the clients that I have that use my fitness pal, half of them don't even know what's in the app other than journaling their food. That's really all they ever look at. I'm like, have you ever seen the rest pre-workout, post-workout, low carb, high fat, high protein? There's a whole recipe thing that talks about high protein meals. And for those ones, all you have to do is click it and it downloads into your or it, whatever is tracked into your daily intake and, and it's ballpark. It's not going to be perfect if you cook it a little different than that, but at least you have an idea. I think people get way too caught up in all that crap. And, you know, I had a conversation yesterday through text message with a friend about creatine loading. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't remember if it was 10 grams or 20 grams. Oh, and he's God. like, I did 10 grams for five days. So should I now do? Tw-? I'm like, bro, I'm like, you're way overthinking this thing. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just, just take, take five grams a day. Leave it alone. Moving forward. Yeah. You'll reach full saturation. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And chances are there's something else that you could be doing that you're not doing. That's probably more important than that. Exactly. That's my whole point. Like for all the clients I have that don't even journal in an app and I have a lot and and most of my goal is to get them in the app and get them out of the app as quickly as possible. Get in, figure out what you need to do and get out, live and track in your like we track mainly calories and proteins just based off of the meals we put together. And then they know those meals work so that they plug and play there. You know, who wants to be journaling their food their whole life? That's not the goal either. But you you go into it, you check, you come out, you live, you go back you in, use it, check, use it as use a it. tool to educate yeah. and refine. And that's yeah, it. I mean, to your point, if you're fixated on that, you're missing out on the consistency of your workouts and all the other things that we've been talking about. Boss lady here getting fired up. <laughs> and so we'll leave it on that note. Okay. She's going to be fired up for the rest of the evening. <laughs> and with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 